Hey, Soraya. How's it going? All right. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So we've talked to several people from Rain Parade, including Matt Pucci, Stephen Roback, John Thoman, and Derek C. And earlier drummer, Eddie Kawa, which was really fun. But we have not talked to the most recent current drummer with the Rain Parade. So I think it's time. I think it's time to bring Stefan Hunka onto our podcast and have a little chat with him. We were really fortunate to see the last two shows that Rain Parade did with the Third Mind down here in Southern, in Southern California. And Stefan, you know, blew us away, as always. Yes. You know, yeah, so absolutely. I think this is perfect. Uh, yes, yes. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, we've seen his name on a few different records, Matt Pucci related. So uh, this should Folk be fun. Please, Rain Parade and a few others. Yeah, Even Matt, that one, boat club. Yep, and of course the most recent rain parade, last rays of a dying sun. So, yeah, um, just a really talented drummer, and uh, we're excited to get to chit chat with him a little more. And uh, you know, we've seen him in Europe. Yes, we have we've seen him here in the states. So uh, you know, and they're going to be traveling. From from what we see, they're going to be traveling to Europe. So, you know, there's a lot to talk to Stefan about and never enough time. So maybe we should just jump into it. Let's do it. Let's go. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tune. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agrubiar. Let's get groovy. All right, Jeff. So our fans have a true treat today because we are joined by the one, the only, Stefan Hunka. Yes. Drummer of Rain Parade and many, many other projects. Yes. So welcome, St Stefan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We've got lots of questions, and I know our listeners are super curious, too. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're so glad. So the I think the first time that I saw your name, Stefan, was on a record that uh, Matt Pucci put out. And I think Understand was the track that I saw that, that you were Correct. listening to. So yeah, go ahead. That's part of the history. That That's actually how Matt and I met when we recorded uh, that Helene's album, the first Helene's album. Uh, so how did, how did you get pulled into this project? That is a very st strange, twisted road. Uh, <laughs> Let's go down it. Yeah, that so we're in the Wayback Machine. So this is 25 years ago, I think, maybe a little uh, bit more. Wow. Uh, where I was doing some recording with the Billy Talbot Band in Mendocino, where Matt was also recording uh, most of the tracks for that Helene's record. Okay. And so Billy introduced me to Matt. We met via the sessions that we were doing for the, the first Billy Talbot Band album. Okay. And then I got pulled into that project and I did that one song. It was nearing completion. So that was one of the final songs to finish. And, and I got pulled into it. So Billy was part of Crazy Horse. Is that right? Yeah. And still is. And in fact, I believe we're supposed to hit the road this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Billy is now 80. So wow. <laughs> they're, they're still going at it. Wow. So how many members from the Crazy Horse band are still together? All of them except uh, Pancho. Pancho oh. essentially retired and Nils Lofgren took his place. Wow. But it's essentially all the same guys. Yeah. So how did you get pulled into that project with Billy? Do you remember that? And yeah, I do. And that was through a mutual friend who had just moved to California. I came to California late 90s. Okay. Um, via the most recent stop was in New Mexico where I was living at the time. 
in this small town in between Albuquerque and Santa Fe. And he moved out to California a few months before I did. And one of his friends owned some property in Mendocino and somehow Billy had befriended them and convinced them to transition one of the barns into a studio. Now, granted, these friends had a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money. Okay. And uh, he essentially enamored himself with them and convinced them to build this compound, including the studio. It's beautiful. It was a, a huge barn, probably 40 feet tall, that almost looked like a cathedral when they finished with it. And so that's where the studio uh, was located, basically in the middle of the woods. And Billy started his recording with his material um, at the time that Matt was kind of starting to do his stuff, to my memory. So they sort of converged that way. Um, and when I met Billy, he had mentioned Matt's project. And I said, hey, that sounds pretty fun. Let's do that too, you know. But uh, we kind of got to that after the fact. The uh -huh. Billy Talbot band. Um, was very all-consuming at the time. Uh, Billy it, it was a monomaniac. It's solely focused on this. And that's what we rehearsed for months and months. And the recording took a long time. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that, I think that was 98. I think that happened in 98 or early 99, if I remember correctly. Okay. So was that your first time in a studio recording? No, no. I'd been in studios before. Um, the last studio experience was <laughs> crazy enough. I had released an album myself in New Mexico via, at the time, uh, I met an individual who was producing psychoactive light and sound programs oh, wow. for mental health and mental well-being. I don't remember how I got wrapped up into it, but I remember I was trying to some of my uh, soundtrack material I was doing at the time. I was working with a keyboard sequencer and doing these percussion tracks and just trying to sell this stuff as a little side gig. And I met this guy who pulled me into writing this material for this psychoactive light program. And you would wear these goggles and it would flash these pulses of different colored lights at different frequencies while the music was playing to put you in these various states of being wow and so i did a soundtrack for one of those things uh which i have somewhere in my closet probably but <laughs> interesting time uh of my musical that's for sure wow i bet those would be interesting to hear very little drums on that it, it was in very little drums oh wow so mostly like the sequencing stuff? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I, so and then the before next... then, I did a couple of recordings in Philadelphia, but that was okay. many moons ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you must have started playing drums at an early age then? About nine, eight or nine years old. Wow. Wow. Self-taught. I never took lessons. Uh, the, the high school band teacher tried to call me into that situation and I just wasn't for me. I attempted it once and that was enough. <laughs> but yeah, I started, I actually started playing trumpet. Oh, that was my first instrument was trumpet. And then I did that for several years and then I finally migrated over to the drums. And it looks, it looks uh, to me when I watch you play that you really enjoy playing drums because it looks like you're having a good time when you're when you're banging on those skins for sure. I, the only point of playing drums is to have fun or any instrument for that matter. Good point. I mean, sure, there's the the fun of interacting with your band members and the audience and and those that are running the venue. But if I'm not having fun myself doing it, there's no, no drive behind it. Makes sense to me. What do you think, Soraya? I think that's good motivation. I, absolutely. And I think it's so interesting that you made that point 
because we were very, very curious. I mean, Jeff and I pay a lot of attention to what different people are doing on stage, you included, and especially we were fortunate to see the last two shows where Rain Parade opened for Third Mind, and we were paying a lot of attention, and we were curious. Um, you do look like you're having fun, and we were wondering what your favorite Rain Parade song is to play on stage, because we see that you just kind of get into it. So we're wondering. Wow. My new favorite is probably Last Rays. Uh, I, it depends what era, because I, I mean, if you asked me this question a couple of years ago, it, it would have been a different answer than a couple of years previous to that. Um, at, at one point, I really loved playing Broken Horse. Uh, no Easy Way Down is always a lot of fun. I mean, it's sort of like the the epic finale, you know. Yeah, the freak um, <laughs> Look at Mary has this very kind of hypnotic drive to it, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it, I guess sometimes it really depends on the mood too. Okay. I mean, when when at least for me, when I walk into a venue, it has a mood. Uh, the interaction with a crowd that particular evening has a mood and. Whatever song represents that mood is what I love playing that that evening or that day. Ah, so you, are you saying that you kind of feed off the room? Absolutely. The whole environment. I mean, the whole point of a performance is to, at least in my opinion, is to filter out the energy that you're taking from a show and that show includes the environment of the actual building the crowd the staff that works there it could be the weather that day uh, any number of these weird factors that happen at that particular time and they translate through your set and that uh -huh. translates through my playing. That that's that's what is, makes it fun from the same venue. It's different. I wow. mean, we've played the chapel, for example, a number of times, and it's always different. And it's fun, you know, because the crowds are different and the evening's different. Uh, the whether we're opening or if there's another opening act, that's different. It just makes it always very interesting. Never static. Ah, that's amazing. Sorry, we were at that one of the chapel shows. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. We were at absolutely. one of those chapel shows, weren't we, Soraya? We yes, made we were. A little road trip in an airplane to go see one of the shows. So, <laughs> so you've shared um, some of your more favorite songs to play. Is there in, any of those songs that you would consider the most challenging in a rain parade set? Um... You know what's interesting, the the and I still have to learn this a lot in playing with Matt and Steven and, and even John to a point, is that in the drummer's world there's the and dynamic. Right, and those two elements translate through the evening. If you're feeling a little bit more energized and you play the song at a slightly different tempo, it creates a different energy with the rest of the band. And sometimes it creates like this question of like how fast or how slow, how loud or how quiet. And, and Matt and I talked about this a lot actually, is uh, a recent conversation we have about symbols. Right, the use of symbols and how loud or where that dynamic fits in a certain frequency range. It's a very specific thing, but it's actually a huge color to the song. And my role is to kind of lay the bed for those guys to create the harmonic network. And if I get a little inspired and I play a little loud, it might kind of disrupt that harmonic presentation. And I'm very aware of that. Uh, but that's also part of the fun is like pushing the boundary a little bit because none of us want to play the exact same thing every single time. I mean, we don't want to sound like the record every time. It's about the performance of the day. 
so it just makes an interesting like ebb and flow of like where does the truth sit in that song or that set uh, very interesting I, and we we talk about uh the use of some of the pedals uh that the guys are using uh the bass frequency that could be a little high on the treble end and all of a sudden it creates this different kind of environment where I would usually fill in something. Uh, and a, a huge conversation actually, and a lot of preparation for the shows we just did was our vocal presentation and where that should really fit amongst all of it. I think in years previous, we focused our vocals a little bit differently. And so we've taken a different approach to that. And I, I don't know if you guys really heard any of that, but at least for us, we're definitely hearing that and where that, like say where the harmonies are fitting with Matt and Steven, uh, where they fit with my use of cymbals, for example, or where a guitar riff is coming in, uh, how a song is like starting to build that energy. All those things are starting to kind of morph into a different presentation. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I think Derek C. posted something about using smaller amps and that was allowing the vocal um, interaction to be um, yeah. more easily heard. So when he had posted that prior to us going to the two shows that we seen, Soraya, I was trying to pay a little bit more attention to that to see if uh, if that had any impact on, on the vocals. And it seemed like there was more vocal interplay than I've seen with the band before. I, I think Derek was singing a little bit more than I've seen them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I never thought of it um, in terms of the impact that the drums, specifically the cymbals would have on that. So that's a very interesting uh, topic that you're bringing up and something that I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I've had to take my approach a little bit differently with this band than I would other bands because there's a, a very sensitive element to the songs and kind of how we began this discussion on the tempo piece of it, right? My perception of where the tempo should sit is not where those guys were experiencing that tempo years ago. And so there's a memory of what that should be yes. that translates to what the band is now. And it's interesting to see it kind of evolve and turn into something different. It's not anything's right or wrong. It's just what what is that comfortable space that we all belong in now? I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because that was a question that I had. We also um, saw your name pop up when on the boat club project, and then again, I love you all the animals, um, and then of course most recently on last last rays of a dying sun. But I wanted to ask you. Um, with this in particular and working on these new songs rather than playing some of these older songs that were the drum parts were there was a drum part already written. So what is the process for you as far as coming up with your drum parts? Do you get any guidance when, say, Matt or or Steven comes in with a song? Um, or do they say, I want this kind of beat or I want this this kind of fill or are they, do they just say, mm -hmm. here's my song. What do you have for it? I, what, how, how does a little bit of both? Oh yeah. It's a little bit of both. Um, sometimes there'll be a strong sense of what a particular pattern should be. And I'm totally cool with all of that. Uh, I, you know, I try to come in as a blank slate and just hear what it is. So for example, right now we're working on a bunch of new material. And in fact, hope to get into the studio here in the next few weeks. Nice. Um, we have a couple songs that are very close to being ready. And the way that those first started, like Last Rays, was, all right, we have these basic ideas. There's a basic rhythm behind it. It may or may not be right, but let's give it a shot. And that's kind of how we get started with it. Uh. And some of those things are absolutely a blank slate where I just come in with my own idea, which may or may not be right. And we just started going in that direction. And I, it kind of works itself out. I mean, Stephen and I will kind of get into a thing where we have a pattern that works. We have a dynamic that works. And then Matt starts to get pulled into it. It just sort of evolves naturally. And a few times we have to very intentionally structure it. Sometimes that happens. 
Uh, okay, okay, that makes sense. I think Matt has told us on a couple occasions, right, Soraya, how that they're perfectionists. So it's not. It's, I don't know if, <laughs> if if you experience that when you're working with them, but Matt told us like we're not the kind of band that's gonna throw out an album every six months, but we're very intentional. Do you see that when you work with them? Yes. Uh to the point where we sometimes overthink it <laughs> where we we come up with okay this is a finished arrangement we're done we feel good about it and then we sit on it we chew on it for a little while ah, we can do better and then we can do better and then it kind of makes a full circle and sometimes we go right back to where we started you know what that was best we should have just stuck with that but it's part of the process um but yes, it is sometimes very structured. Um, I'm not saying anybody is like a control freak about it. Like we thou must play this. Oh. Generally not. It's pretty loose. Uh, but if somebody is very feeling very strong about a particular part or trying to translate that to another instrument, I think we're all very good at listening and giving it a shot and trying to be uh, not so subjective, you know, just being open. Let, let the process play out and let's see what happens. And sometimes we're all wrong and we come, we just say, you know what, this is, this is definitely not going down the right path. Let's just try. It's all fun though. It's all part of the process. It's not a, in, in either uh, a good or a bad thing to like struggle through some of the songwriting challenges. And some of them are very difficult. Uh, I, we get into heated discussions on where the placement of certain instruments should be, if they even should be. Um, and then we kind of just let it sit for a while and we'll go revisit it later and come back with fresh ears. Ah, that sounds like an interesting process. And I, I guess Last Rays was probably one of those songs that I think came very naturally. Oh, wow. If I think about it. Yeah. So I've got to ask the question, this new material, which Jeff and I are very curious about. Have you seen that process now be, you know, as organic and as I don't I don't want to use this, the word simple, but or as kind of just easing into that process now with this new material? Have you seen it? Have you seen it be reflective of like it was with yeah. last race? Yes, we're definitely on that same wavelength. It's, it's kind of an extension. In fact, um, we're trying to take some of these things were actually created or the basic structure of the song or maybe a couple riffs were born out of that same era that we were working on the other material and we just hadn't had a chance to get to it. Uh, some are fairly new, uh, but because of the timeline between us working on that material and releasing it to now really hasn't been that far of a stretch. So there's definitely a linear path between the material from last raise and now. At least wow. I feel there is. Ah, awesome. So, so one of the things that might be an exception would be uh, like Got the Fear. It's oh. an old song. That song has a timeline many years, decades previous to uh, Last Rays coming out. And we recreated that in a way that fit with the album. We don't have that same gap in time between Last Rays and what we're working on now. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, we remember hearing that track on the demolition demolition release that came out many many years ago that the band mm -hmm. put out but this version it, it, it is great i was surprised that you guys didn't have that in the set that you played most recently 
because we've seen the um we've seen you guys perform that at the permanent records show in los angeles and um that was the one song that i was hoping that you guys would play at the permanent record show and you did but um not not in this little set that you had opening for the third mind but no complaints about the set list that was fantastic yeah i th we did pull it out one show maybe two i think pioneer town we did it oh wow if i remember correctly we tried to change our sets uh a little bit between you know the various legs of the tour between the northwest and northern california and southern california so that it just wasn't the same set every time uh, but we did play that at least once i remember nice that probably keeps it fresh for the band i'm sure mixing it, it up for the yeah so speaking about playing live so the band is scheduled to play europe in june right i believe some early summer in june yeah so are you excited for those shows have you have, have you played over there i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna uh, be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun and so are uh, those just getting to europe in yeah. the summertime oh, it's gonna be awesome and you guys are are headlining those shows or yes okay okay correct yeah those are going to be some great 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 shows yeah well with the exception of maybe the the Ascana festival in spain which oh. <laughs> you know that's kind of a little bit different yeah which is a huge festival i don't know if you're familiar with that one but i'm not sorry have you heard of that festival before i have yeah oh. it's a it's a big thing but I mean, I love, I love the creativity and the fearlessness of Rain Parade. So I think, well, you know, I, I think that that festival has no idea what they're going to get and they're going <laughs> to eat it up. They're going to eat it up. It's going to be cool. I think it's be fun. there was a, speaking of festivals and Rain Parade, I think the band played a psych fest in Austin many years ago, Stefan, were you on that? Did you play that show? No, I didn't do that one. Yeah, I don't I don't know too much about that, but I I know that they did play some psych fest in Austin more than a decade ago, if I'm not mistaken. But it was probably was around 2012. Okay. Yeah, okay. I took a break at Rain Parade for maybe two years okay as many drummers would do we overcommit and i had overcommitted myself to all these other projects that was at about the same time i started working with john anderson and i got really wrapped up into that and i was working with billy and then i had another project at the time called last man on earth and then I had a project with my brother going and rain that time, the band had just gotten new life. So it was really undefined if that was sort of a one-off or was this going to be an ongoing thing. Right. And that's when Gil Ray stepped in. Oh, okay. okay. And I, Gil was such a sweetheart, such a great guy, good drummer. We all miss him. Yeah. But that two, I think it was about two years where Gil was drumming and I, that psych fest might've been about that period of time. Okay, yeah. So, sorry, I think that would have been when we saw that Paisley Underground Fonda show. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so, true. So, wait, let's go back a little bit. John Anderson. So, of yes, are we talking about that mm -hmm. Anderson? How was how was it working with him? He is the nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> He's so such a gentle soul. Uh, and the thing that's really interesting about John is he is constantly percolating all these musical ideas. He's very much like uh, ADD. He's focused on this thing, squirrel. He's going to the next thing. He's going to the next thing. <laughs> and you just have to be on for the ride with that. Okay. Uh, and I, I got used to it. I met him in 2010. Okay. I think it was 2010. And, and I worked on this thing he did called Open which was this 22 minute opus that he had done. And I did uh, drums and a lot of percussion on that. But anyhow, so at that time, uh, I was starting to develop my relationship with John. Billy was getting into his second recording, his second album. Okay. 
and I was just starting to work on an album with my brother, his first album that we were doing together. So it was sort of all these things swirling around at the same time. Okay. Yeah, I was and busy. And your brother is Marcus, right? Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And wow. he's played with everyone over the years. So I think the Rollins band, right? Uh, his last main gig was with Sparks. Oh, yeah. Sparks. Yeah, that, that's... The Rollins band is, was the springboard for his old band, Mother Superior, uh, in the 90s in L.A. Mm-hmm. And then he befriended Sparks and Daniel Lenoir and MC5 and all these other people that they started working with over the, over the years. Wow. But anyhow, my brother and I had been working on material um, Marcus Blake and the Gemini Seed Spain. That's how I found out about the Athena Festival was when we were doing uh, we lost John, okay. the trajectory of working with John, these guys that will be hyper-focused, you're talking to them every day, uh, he, he actually lives in Arroyo Grande near Pismo Beach, and he has uh, a sort of a compound up there in his home studio. And so I was going there and working on material, and, and then he got busy with another project, and I said, hey, what happened over here, John? I, <laughs> all of a sudden, all the momentum just left while he focused on another thing. And I got used to it, and I just keep my my expectations realistic with that because he's uh, he's busy doing his own thing, and um, but he gives me a call every few months asking me questions. Hey, you remember that that file you sent me about this thing or that? And oh, let me let, let me go look that up, John. <laughs> so it's sort of this very it's a roller coaster ride, but it, there's nothing no ill will or nothing negative about it it just is what it is yeah he had been talking with me about releasing this project called xamarin which is an expansion on that thing open that i did with him and the way he described it to me is xamarin was supposed to be this interchangeable musical presentation that had a video element to it so an interactive video and he was working with somebody that he met that was going to program options in how the arrangement would be presented with this video. Huh. So it was never the same thing. And so some of the material I was doing was the background for that. Uh, it sounded like they were, he was trying to create pathways through a stem a basic stem of of the music arrangement that could go in different paths wow and so the the piece of the xamarin i was working on was one of those stems it was one of those directions in music that was really based in um west african and north african and arabic music wow which i play all those percussion instruments but i i was doing like kit drum kit behind it wow so i'll send you guys some of that material it's, oh, it's pretty I, interesting <laughs> this is just so creative i i love hearing about all these different not just influences but this these different creative outputs that you have it's i mean it's really impressive and i have one question that i do want to ask because i was very curious about it so you're your bio on Discogs lists a band called Azigza. And I wanted to ask about Azigza. Mm -hmm. Could you could you describe Azigza what Zigza was yeah. <laughs> was if you took yes and Mahavishnu Orchestra 
interjected like a, a an element of Led Zeppelin in the middle of it a little bit. That's kind of what Exigo was. It was based on like a world fusion presentation with like kind of these hard acid jazz undertones. I people ask me all the time, what was a Zigza and actually how I met John, John Anderson. Ah. Uh, a mutual friend of ours gave John my the Zigza albums that I had done and he loved it so much he he wanted to do something with in that direction. Ah. That's, that and that sounds... was in it that band was crazy. What what Matt calls the Hobbits and Fairies era of my history. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, hilarious! Yeah, Prince so. in the Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Matt. Oh my yeah. gosh! But look at all these different, yeah. you know, literally all these pathways and and creative outputs. It's amazing to me. Your hand in so many different things and it seems like there is much much more ready to ready to come out there is <laughs> I, I probably have uh projects that i've been working on with various people probably 10 of them in the pipeline at some form of development some of them john stuff is like the most ready wow I, we got to the point of right before mastering when he wanted to take a break and think about some of the arrangements and some of the other things are more on the front end. Uh, the stuff with my brother, we have another album that's basically done, ready for mastering. Um, but the Azigza stuff sort of morphed into at least a couple of the guys, three three of the members, including myself, uh, work, started working with John. But uh -huh. I was like the main conduit between that band and, and John's material. Uh -huh. Sorry, we're gonna have to dig into that a little bit more. I think, uh, <laughs> and I feel like we're just gonna barely, hit, you know, scrape the surface, and there's gonna be more like branches of Stefan Hunka in other way far-reaching projects. Amazing, Arsten. Well, we only got like a couple minutes left, so Stefan, we really appreciate you coming on and talking about all these projects that we're aware of and many that we're not aware of. So um, thank you for coming on and um, thank you for being so kind with your time. We really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to hearing some more of these projects and even digging back thank you. that we haven't been aware of. So we appreciate it. Thank you both. I, it's a lot of fun. I and, appreciate this. And we hope to run into you again sometime soon at some show. Yeah, make it out to Europe. Come on out. It's not, uh, it's not something that we... Uh, we haven't considered so doors we'll be back in the uk for sure we got a few shows in the uk before we hit spain that might be fairly accessible just a feather in your cap uh, yeah yeah we might have to do this soraya you never know where we'll show up next so stefan be careful what you invite <laughs> us to <laughs> yeah but oh my gosh these are amazing projects and we're just we're ready for all of it so Anything you want to send us our way, we will take it gladly. Because Jeff, I think we, I think we need to dig into Stefan's uh, albums and projects, and uh, I mean, all this stuff it's sounds all wild. over the place. <laughs> I love it. This is the stuff we love. But and more than anything, thank you so much for the for the great times and the great music with Brain Parade and. All these other 10 projects that are in the pipeline. Jeff, we got a lot of listening. Thank you, Stefan, for everything. Thank you so much. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. All right. I hope to see you soon. All right. See you guys later. Bye-bye. All right. So I'll Ooh, Jeff, you know what today's lesson is? What's that? Never, ever, ever underestimate the drummer. <laughs> Wow, did Stefan Hunka have a beat more involved in more things? That's crazy. I I did not realize it to be honest. I mean, yikes, e man, that's awesome. Yeah, even some of that early stuff when he was talking about like the it sounded so mental, <laughs> um, and it, 
like multimedia projects, even like early on, and then even with what John Anderson was bringing, kind of bookending that like multimedia soundtracking with things that that affect the way that you feel. Um, I mean, music does that in and of itself, but with these multimedia projects. I mean, I think, you know, it's a completely different function of music, of creating, you know, new neural pathways, of creating new ways to relate with music and have it be kind of a, you know, open a pathway of sorts. But what I'm fascinated with is Stefan's, the breadth of his creative output. I mean, it's multimedia stuff, it's interactive stuff, it, you know, Billy Talbot, it's Ring Parade, it's John Anderson, you know, yeah. it, it's, and you know, the, the project with his brother, this Aziza project has me super curious. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I wanted to ask about it. I mean, and I think, you know, how long have we wanted to have Stefan? Stefan's been our, on our list of people that we wanted to have on. Yeah. Three years, I think. For, for a good while. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm so glad that we had him on. I think we got to have him and his brother back on because, uh, wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. But like, I, I just think this is, it's one of the things I think I, I appreciate so much about a lot of the music, about all the musicians that we've had on is they're really creative. And not only that, um, they see their music doing much more than, you know, being the identical track that we've heard on the album. It's about exploring. It's about giving something new and something different. And, you know, like the whole discussion about having the vocals be much more present and, you know, Derek Seaman using a different amp so that that can happen and all the discussions around that. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. And you know me, I have a very, I have a, I have a low musical IQ, but I was fascinated by that discussion. And to me, it's just so interesting, everything he had to say about the different artists he's worked with and the different intents and purposes of what he contributes. Yeah. So I was going to say, um, you, you were talking about that and the impact of the symbols on, he was talking about that and and him and Matt were talking about that and the impact of the songs and all that. I didn't realize how cognitive or like how, I don't know if that's the right word, but how um, he approaches it with on such an intellectual level um, as well as emotional um, and very um, aware of what he's doing and his part in the band. Um, you know, I don't want to make jokes about drummers, but you've probably seen the jokes about drummers. Stefan Hunka does not fall into that typical drummer um, ideology that you usually hear, um, at least the, the jokes that are there for drummers. So it's well, like, you know, like, think about it, Jeff. You know, when people talk about their favorite musicians, you know, people really, who are the people that get highlighted? The vocalists and the guitarists, you know? And yeah. then maybe, you know, maybe the bassists, but... You know me. I love percussion. I was gonna. Bring that up. I've said it from the get go. I love percussion. I love percussion instruments. I love the sound. I love the, the playing of it. It's everything, and I. That's why I said what I said. So like, do not sleep on your drummers, folks. Yeah. Because your drummers are this real resource. Much more than I think. Sometimes they get the credit for. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, Jeff, especially after these last two shows um, here in Southern California, uh, you and I and, and your wife, Chris, we've had this discussion about one of the things that we really enjoy is seeing this creativity and this kind of dialogue that's happening on stage. And um, it's one of the things that we enjoy about the bands that we love. And, you know, Rain Parade showed us that. Third Mind showed us that. It was ridiculous. Um, it was just so it, it's what an interesting conversation I and you know we've talked about it we love musicians who talk with this passion and and care for their art you know and absolutely Stefan Hunka wow yeah yeah that was amazing I was going to bring that up about your love for percussion during the call that was actually one of the <laughs> 
alas, we ran out of time. But um, I did want to say that despite the precipitation that we had in, here in California and affecting our Wi-Fi, Stefan's Wi-Fi, yours, mine, um, and a couple times it looks like um, the video was dragging a bit. I still got a good idea of what he was trying to get across. And um, yeah, this pre precipitation is definitely having an effect on uh, on our Wi-Fi and on our networking here. But um, yeah, I'm glad that we were still able to um, have a good idea of what he was trying to convey, even with those struggles. <laughs> And, and look at all the nuggets that, that he gave us, including new material from Rain Parade. Mm -hmm. uh, hello, the album just came out and they're ready with more. I'm all in. More touring. This project with John Anderson is fascinating to me. Yeah. Of creating an interactive experience that's never the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's wild. Yeah, and I hope um, it comes to fruition. I'm a little a little nervous with the the um oh there's a squirrel. Oh <laughs> the, <laughs> the way that the way that Stefan described John. But um I, I hope this is something that we can be able to um experience or uh, listen to or um actually be able to uh hear someday or see. You know, we've got We've got lots of listeners who I'm sure have lots of files, <laughs> you know, who probably have found something along the way. But, you know, um, I just love hearing the activity and that, you know, people are still wanting to put out, like push, con consistently push the creative limits. And that to me, are the things that really keep us listening and keep us wanting to hear more is give us more, give us more of who you are now. You know, like uh, he made that point. He said, you know, uh, it's not so much about playing the song as it used to be, but it's about who is this band now and how do we then interpret that song? Yeah. And, you know, uh, and, you know, Jeff, you and I have talked often about Crashing Dream. And Crashing Dream is is an album that you and I have a very special place for in our heart. And, you know, we've talked to Matt and uh, Matt Pucci and Stephen and Stephen Roback about it before. And it's an album that it just didn't come out the way they they wanted or that they had thought it would. Yeah. And just imagine, Jeff, okay. Crashing Dream gets revisited by the Rain Parade of Now. Can you already hear those songs in yeah. a very different way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just was an interesting point, that, you know, who's the band now and how do we then play that song and make it reflective yeah. of us now? And, you know, and this new material, the connection, he said, you know, it's an extension ways or... Or, you know, like one led to the other. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Wow. Stefan Hunka has a lot to say. And I felt like 40 minutes were four minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're, you're talking about like the band now. And Stefan was even talking about like night to night, the room, the the crowd, the staff. Right. And that all that interaction. I love that. Just like every night is its own experience, right? You're getting, even if it's the same set list, you're getting something that, something new and fresh just from that night, just because of the environment and everything that's going on, everything and everybody yeah. there. So I loved that. And I think all our listeners can can say the same thing. How many times have we all gone to multiple nights of an artist? Okay, you know, fill in the blank with your favorite one. Yeah. And each, I, I doubt each one was exactly the same. No. You know, they always try and give us a little something. The set list might be the same, but the way yeah. is very different. And, you know, we remarked that we saw back-to-back -back shows, uh, Rain Parade, Third Mind, and both bands gave us different shows. Yeah, same Friday set. and Saturday uh -huh. night. They gave yep. yep, and every song. Yeah. Exactly the same both nights from both bands, but 
completely different shows. Yeah. And again, the vibe of the audience also, that's such a important role. I thought it was so interesting how he mentioned, you know, we kind of, that helps or, you know, enhances what we do on stage. Yeah. Just fascinating crea creative process. I'm yeah. so grateful that we had him on. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's been something we've been wanting to do for years. So I'm glad, glad we finally made it happen. So, and you know, I think it's also, it also is important to note, um, you know, that pause that Stefan took in Gil Ray, you know, the great Gil Ray stepping in and we were able to see him um, for the Paisley Underground uh, shows here at the Fonda and uh what a great man, great drummer, great musician. Just and you know, we've talked about him before with game theory, we've talked about him in so many other yeah. aspects, but also, you know, doing such a great role with uh with Rain Parade. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you, right. Yeah. Thank you, Stefan yeah. And thank you, Eddie Gala, too, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. I agree. Agreed. This was a lot of fun, Soraya. Oh my gosh. What a great, great day. Yeah. Indeed. I think, Jeff, this is where we ended. Mi gente, agarubiar. Through on, um, Paisley people. Stay dry. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't show that, show you're, that recording. you're recording. Hey, Soraya. Hey, Soraya. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? I don't know. My internet is unstable, much like my phone. You never know. Are you still above water? At least. You oh, no. know, I was, I was through building, building the, art, the art, but, but we're, good. we're good. We're good. We're good. It All was, right. uh, yeah, yeah, we got we tons, got of, tons water, of water, but, but we're good. We're good. Quick, quick. All right. Well, we'll see how we go today with a guest that we ran into this weekend. So we've talked to several people from Brain Parade. In fact, everybody in the current lineup, including Matt Pucci, Stephen Robeck, Derek C. And John, and John Thoman, Thoman of, course, of course, but, but there's, there's somebody, somebody that we, that we haven't, haven't talked, talked to in the band. The band. Uh, uh, I think I, I, think lost, I lost you. Lost you. <laughs>